Welcome to Interrogating Spaces, a podcast that examines ideas around inclusivity and attainment in higher education. We speak with staff, students and practitioners to explore questions around democratic and decolonised teaching practices. In this episode of Interrogating Spaces, we're in the library at Central St. Martins to experience the most recent Decolonising the Arts Curriculum Zine exhibition, curated and developed by Rahul Patel, lecturer on CSM's MA in Culture, Criticism and Curation. So my name is Rahul, Rahul Patel. Uh, I am an Associate Lecturer at Central St. Martins. I also play a part as an Education Developer at the University of the Arts. I teach on the PG Cert programme. But I suppose the most important thing that I'm involved in at this particular moment is the production of a zine called Decolonising the Arts Curriculum, which I've co-curated with Lucy Panesser and Hansika Jetnia. She's a student uh, and Lucy is a lecturer, a teacher at the University of the Arts. We're in the process of producing a second zine and part of that process is a series of exhibitions that have taken place across the university, across the six university libraries, where the library service, when the zine was published, decided that we use the zine to explore the spaces they had and we're now at the final stage at Central St. Martin's Library. So um, th this is a call I made on a number of both staff members and students uh, to, to look at their personal journeys, to reflect on something that they want to challenge in terms of uh, the dominant culture but also something they want us to know about anyway. And so we have uh, four individuals uh, from different kind of academic levels uh, who are playing a part in this uh, exhibition. And each of them talk about their personal journeys. Each of them talk about how they are challenged the notion of colonialism within the curriculum. It's about looking through their own kind of pers personal journeys and each of them from different parts of the world are, are saying, you know, we are decolonizing in the framework of an arts curriculum through their artistic practice. So for me, um, it is decolonizing the space. Um, and for any artist or any student, any staff member to get up and put that in this very important space in the university is a fantastic uh, challenge to those who, uh, of the dominant culture. <laughs> so, so there's a kind of the potential, but I would quite like to, and this is evolving, about making kind of a holistic, it's about a journey, it's about different groups of people from different kind of backgrounds, but their unity is UAL. Um, my name is Joanna Mamidi. Um, I'm a visual artist. I am. Uh, I was brought up between London and Rio and São Paulo, back and forth all the time. Um, and I feel that, uh, in regards to my work, language and translation and the power of words are always present. 
we are at the library at Central St. Martins, um, where I just finished my MRES, basically. And this piece is um, something uh, me and a friend, uh, Isa Rodriguez, also Brazilian, as I am, we showed this at the Tate Exchange in the beginning of January, um, right around the time that the current far-right president took office. The actual piece, which is not going to be here at the library because it's too big and doesn't fit, um, is an actual face in the hole, which is something very common on the British seaside, which we decided to bring into the gallery space. So it's a full-size, two-meter uh, tall um, by one meter, um, and instead of having, you know, the bikini images of face in the hole and happy beach kind of thing, we, we have filled this, um, the outline of the Brazilian president's body with his own speech, with his own discourse. So um, these are all phrases that have been said during interviews, during video interviews, therefore. We have all seen it with our own eyes, it's true. <laughs> and they have been translated into different languages. On the face of the whole, we only used English um, for obvious purposes at the Tate. And they all come from credible sources, um, so they can be used in whichever context. And most of these phrases, they are um, either uh, against minorities or expose kind of violent discourse. Um, so for example, in 2017, he said, violence is combated with violence. Also in 2017, I'll give the police a license to kill. Um, this one, um, 2011, if a homosexual couple moves in next to me, it will devalue my home. If they walk around holding hands and kissing, it devalues. I would be incapable of loving a homosexual son. I won't be a hypocrite. I'd prefer my son to die in an accident than to show up with the dude in the mustache. So basically the idea of creating this big face in the hole was to dissociate the discourse from his actual figure. Because it doesn't matter what party, what um, government plan, it does also matter what you are portraying onto people, what kind of discourse you're endorsing as a voter and as a politician. Positions of power have a big responsibility in this case and it does trickle down to the population and, and breeds prejudice and all this kind of stuff, especially in a country like Brazil that has massive race and social divisions, which is actually happening. The consequences are being seen now we are in July, right? <laughs> Only six months or something, and we can see stuff. And um, yeah, and basically the whole idea is to like generate critical thought. When we showed it at the Tate, um, people did not really engage in a supportive kind of way. No one actually put the face in the hole and said, yeah, I'm okay with it. People either took a picture of it from the outside with some kind of rejection or they would, you know, um, just do bad things to <laughs> I think the first thing is to realize we are part of a big world. And the more we can know about other countries, the better. So, I mean, I'm not an authority on, in, on like, you know, Brazil, Latin America or anything but I do have knowledge to contribute. 
And so when I come to a campus, um, especially Central St. Martins has people from all over the world, I think when we come together we can contribute to like break down, deconstruct some images that we have of each other's countries and especially like countries that have been colonized because uh, because of colonization there are so many um, kind of survival strategies where people think, oh it's such a happy country. No, it's a country that had people come from all over the world, people that have been enslaved, it's the last country to abolish slavery. And you can see this still today, these massive divisions which are kind of hidden. So it's like, oh, football, samba, is like super happy, but wait a minute, you know, Europe has had a massive influence in Brazil and this is what you see today. So it's just, you know, bringing to our time, which is why we chose to do something in regards to like 2019, what's happening now. And there are massive parallels with history, which obviously have massive parallels to Europe which is where we are right now. I'm Dr. Jo Shaw and I am an interdisciplinary researcher, um, academic, practitioner, call me what you like, but fundamentally my work is very much centred around lots of different aspects of identity and race. And my exhibition is entitled Am I the It in British? In the very centre of the of the display, there's this kind of conical uh, brass artefact object. Um, it's um, quite atypical of the types of homeware that you would see in um, the kind of broader Arab Peninsula. So you might have something similar in Syria or Turkey, or Iraq, Iran. So uh, the way it's used uh, in my mum and dad's home is that they'll keep their prayer beads in there uh, so that they don't lose them because they like to uh, use their prayer beads every day. So um, I brought this along to feature in my part of the exhibition because I felt that it was a really interesting representation of how lots of different Arab cultures can also convolute um, and have similar functions, similar purpose, similar sort of um, uh, beauty around them, but at the same time, they're not necessarily some, something you can trace back to one particular country. So this represents the, the Arab aspects to my identity. So what I wanted to do really was to share the types of readings I've engaged with, the types of music I've engaged with, and then also acknowledge the, the cultural uh, influences in my life. So, for example, here next to the conical um, artifact I was talking about just now, there is uh, a pendant uh, which is called the Ayat al-Kursi. And the Ayat al-Kursi features in the Quran and um, is a protection prayer. And it's then that, that element ties in quite well with this book here on the extreme to my extreme left, which is. A, a Sufi poem known as the Rabayat of Umar Khaytum, Khayyam, sorry, and um, for me the, these religious undertones are um, nod towards my own sort of Sufi disposition. The, the, the books that I've got here, so I've got um, Audrey Lord, The Master's Tools, We'll never dismantle the master's house. So this is black feminism at its at its ultimate, you know, sort of peak in my in my view. I find that I've taken a lot of 
strength from her ideas. And then on the other side, we've got perhaps a little controver controversially, we've got Lenin, Lenin who talks about Im imperialism as a capitalist tool, and just objectively in terms of those ideas and, and what they mean to me as a post-colonial British subject and how I negotiate the horrors of colonization with my existing Britishness and the pride I take in that and how I feel around what occurred and the erasures and so all of that comes into a really uncomfortable little dynamic so for me this this text is a really important nod towards those uncomfortable negotiations. I think the commentary lies in the fact that we all have a nuanced connection with Britishness and we may be melanated and embody difference but that doesn't automatically mean that we have um, a lesser insight into uh, the complexities of Britishness and, and so on. So I feel that there is a need to move away from this very binary and polarised um, ideal of history and the situating of people within that and how they're often reduced to black and white and how it, arguments around or rather debates around diversification which place white as the normative and everything else as different. I think all of this needs to be looked at quite carefully and reassessed quite critically and, and that's something we all need to do as a collective regardless of our, um, our positioning. And then I think we need to move forward and actually say that how do we reclaim this and how do we make it relevant to our contemporary, contemporized contexts and how do we make it reflective of our lived experiences in these multicultural settings because my average um, experience to be honest in an everyday sense is that my friends white, black, Asian regardless are all experiencing things differently but at the same time they all come together in, in the melting pot that is London and, and that's just not percolating or reflected in the curriculum. So I think a, a reassessment, a reality check, <laughs> a reconnection with histories, real histories rather than the whitewashing of histories, and then the introduction of that into what is being taught and how it's being taught, and that involves multiple voices um, and multiple British voices, you know. So I think that would be a good start towards looking at how we might, de uh, you know, towards how we might look at decolonizing, but also decolonizing itself. At the moment, I feel like it's very, it kind of percolates from the top, and there's an element of there's some great ideas about doing it, but then it's how do we actually do it, and and it's the how that we need to start working towards now. In her childhood, she loved to play with dolls. As there was no black dolls, she always imagined that her babies would be white.
And my name is Maria Bendixen. I am a ceramic-based cross-disciplinary artist. I finished, uh, graduated this summer with the BA Ceramic Design. And for my final exhibition, I did 52 balls uh, made from, I, I throw a ball uh, in, in the wheel and then I cast it and make a molds of it. So all uh, the 52 balls come from one mold. And my idea here was telling people about what bias, uh, how I refer to bias, when they see people just the mold and they don't see the objects because I feel uh, I have it, you, you see 52 of them, but all of them are different. All of them have their own identity, even they came from the same mold. And I think the point of bias is when we become a little bit uh, brain lays <laughs> and we put everybody in that mold and we don't, we don't try to see the vessel as individual. For me here, what the ceramic is, is about permanence because the things that have been hard already have been into the kiln, fired and that's it, final, I might not be able to change. But I can change what I keep putting inside it. And the things that have not been uh, grown, no? I had be, uh, made it, has been made, but have not been fired. This is the moment that we can solve things. So I feel that uh, when you see a piece of ceramic, it's very final in terms of the materiality there. It's there, it's fine, finished. And for me it was important because I did 52 balls that represented my 52 years, <laughs> my age. And this was about, yeah, see how throughout my whole life, racism was there, every year. <laughs> and. Um, what the beautiful thing is, with education, you can liberate people. And I feel that I have been emancipated, I have been really, it was my freedom, it was my moment of saying, okay, actually, I'm a holy human being. Because I could understand all the process that it came with the concept of blackness, that how this concept has has been underlay in our society and still we are living it every single day. But also it's about, I think, uh, understand uh, diversity, you know? understand that each individual is unique and how you are related to these individuals, is you need to make, make sure that it's unique. We moved to the Siheyuan in Lumitang Hutong since autumn. We decided to move the high library to the new home so that we could walk and live together. It's a challenge for us to tip the balance between work and life. When the autumn comes, I wish it will stay forever. It's the season of chestnut, red leaves and cutting a cat. 
Yeah, my name is Sian Zhang from MA Culture, Criticism and Curation course at Central Samaritan. Um, my rationale of this artwork based on uh, the life of living in Beijing, the capital of China, before I moved to Britain. So these images, I, I made it based on different seasons and follow the solo calendar. It's a traditional uh, calendar in China and in the Asian time, the, uh, we based on 24 uh, different times. And so people were growing different plants in different times. So we separated the time and the uh, weather and the season in this solar calendar. So I chose this particular architecture in Beijing and it's the real like Beijing nurse living. It's a heritage in China. It's called Sihuan. And you basically like a square. You know, we have lots of people, so we have to sort out our problem of housing. Um, in traditional time, people living together, so maybe four generations, and the different, they have like very specific hierarchy inside the square, because normally people don't know that much about Eastern culture, especially how people living in the old times in Beijing. And uh, this architecture is not that common now. Lots of people not done it. And, and building very long flat and very high flat so they can fit in more people. But this particular architecture is like a heritage and it's, a it's a, like a living memory. I don't know how long it will exist for because the government is like published some, some policies to knock down lots of these uh, architectures in Beijing now. I know I have a friend who running a, a gallery in those hutongs and in this Sihuan. But now they are gone because they are not allowed to uh, occupy that space or for some reasons it's like rebuilt and it's not original there so they just knocked down it. So it's like a lost of culture and I want to present my memory about that and my emotion for those uh, people who living there previously and people who still living there are present and so I want to preserve this memory. And this is like how I sense time and space in Beijing. And I bring this artwork to London since I'm living here for more than two years and I can sense the different, different you know, lifestyles and how people sense time and space differently than we live in Beijing. Transitions, halves, half, other, divided, divorced, world's portals, another place, the upside down, other me, another me, the other me, othering, the other me, her. She is me also, she is me too, you are me. I'm Toby and I just graduated from fine art painting at Wimbledon College of Art. I have some images of my family's archive um, in my exhibition and also a bronze mask. And the images are from, I'd say from the 60s to around the early 2000s. So they have like a real aged kind of sentimental feel about them. 
I think those images just like jumped out at me and I use a lot of pictures and photographs um, in my work because I make collages. I made a collage of myself in Nigeria and of an image of a building in the South Bank and I combined those together and the images I've chosen are images I find compositionally very beautiful or I can tell there's more stories behind the images and the time and the place and I'd like to maybe investigate that further. So I have some images they're mostly of my parents and one of them is of my dad in primary school with his two other friends and they're wearing their school uniform which includes pink shorts and I found it like funny um, but also the image is really beautiful and the composition is like perfect and I wonder like why they were taking pictures with their friends and who it was and I could ask my dad definitely. Also um, I have a memory of being in primary school in Nigeria and the architecture of my memory is um, similar to the architecture in the photograph of my dad with his friends so I feel like connected to that in some way and there's another photograph of my dad and two friends and they're in the similar composition to this previous photograph um, but they're in Abuja which is the capital of Nigeria and they're standing in front of a rock which I don't know the name of but it's a like a attraction in that city and in that photograph they're on a I think it's a year placement where you work for the Nigerian army and just do work experience for them um, and he would have been about like my age at that time mm. um, and there's another photograph of my dad in a suit and once again, I just really like that for the composition and it gives me a sense of where he lived at that time. I hope people feel intrigued to find out more about where those images came from or who those people might have been. That's usually how I feel when I see photographs that um, interest me. I'm, I'm like, I want to know the stories. I used to be you, the stranger used to be me. I used to be the stranger. One hole contains two halves. My other half, that stranger is me too. Strangest silhouettes, strangest to me. Those strangers are me, the stranger is me. I am the stranger, the stranger is me. The other me, made in his image, made in his likeness, made in her image. This podcast is brought to you by the Teaching and Learning Exchange at the University of the Arts London. For more information, search for UAL Teaching and Learning Exchange.